When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolf Packers Show. My name's Ethan McDowell, and I am joined by Noah Fleischman. And we're going to have a little bit of basketball and football talk today. Um, Miami is in town this weekend for a primetime matchup with the Pack in Carter-Finley Stadium. It's going to be a very exciting 8 p.m. kickoff with um, so, some exciting stakes attached to it. Um, both teams coming off of ACC wins, and both teams have beaten Clemson in the past month. And, um, you know, it's an interesting matchup. Um, kind of reminiscent, reminiscent of one earlier in the season for the pack, which we'll get into. Um, but also, you know, Noah, you were just at a men's basketball exhibition game. So we're going to talk about that as well. Um, kind of give your takeaways from that matchup. And um, before we do any of that, a quick housekeeping note. Um, we're both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That is NC State's site on the On3 network. And um, right now, it is only $1 to join the premium side of our website. There's free content on there. There's free stories. But um, you can check out the premium message board. And that includes, you know, articles for recruiting scoops, um, team news for men's and women's basketball, football, wrestling, all sorts of stuff. That's only $1 for access to all of that. So go check it out. It's the wolfpacker.com. And, um, yeah, please subscribe. We really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we really appreciate you listening as well. And um, let's not waste any more time, though. Let's get right into it. Um, you saw NC State men's basketball play Mount Olive last night. Uh, just overall, like, obviously it wasn't on TV. It was only on radio. So you, you were one of the few people who actually saw what happened in PNC Arena last night. It was a 10-point win for the pack. Um, how should I be feeling about the men's basketball team after your first chance to see them in um in a full game? It was an interesting game. 89-79 win for NC State, who was losing to start the game. They had a slow start, just is what it is. Um, they started, you know, with something a little bit different, two two bigs trying things out here. I mean, Kevin Keats tried a million different lineups during the game just to, you know, it's what next mission's for. See how it goes in, in a real game against quality opponent, division two team. But NC State was losing. They came back. They, they took control of the game, but they did get outscored in the second half. Uh, Mount Olive scored 55. NC State scored 45 in the second half. 10-point game. Um, you know, right there, the 10-point swing. And the thing I think that was most concerning is defense. Um, gave up one three-pointer in the first half. You live with that. Gave up eight in the second half. Mount Olive shot over 50% from three. In the second half, to kind of cut into that lead a little bit. Um, you do that against a good competition, Division One. You know, do that in ACC plays. It's going to be a long night for for NC State. But on the positive side, a lot of the newcomers saw the floor. Six of the eight newcomers were on the court. Cam Woods and MJ Rice were there, but were, were not dressed. Um, so it was interesting. Five guys scored in double figures. Balanced scoring. That's going to be the name of the year, I think. Um, Kevin Keats talked about it after the game, saying. This is what this team is. There's not going to be a guy that goes out there and scores 20 points a night like they may have had last year with two players. Um, but it, he said they can get people to 20, 25 points if they get them going. So we'll see how it goes throughout the year. But 
five players in double figures, and the most impressive number, DJ Burns, a guy who dealt with a lot of foul trouble a year ago, took him 21 minutes on the court to get his first foul called. He only finished with one foul. He played 24 minutes on the night. So good to see him play a lot of minutes. He was productive, 50% shooting, and he stayed out of foul trouble. So I think it was a win at NC State's book. I mean, they won on the scoreboard. I think they also won, you know, off the scoreboard too. Yeah, and I think, um, Noah, I think your take is one of the more reasoned, measured ones um, I've, I've heard from, from that exhibition. There's been a lot of um, pushback on social media about, oh, why, how can you only beat this Division Two team by 10 points? It's important to stress. It's an exhibition game. Keats was probably trying a lot of stuff, just seeing what's, what's going to work, and then um, we'll see him implement what did work in the regular season starting next week. So don't panic. It's just an exhibition game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the preseason rule, like, right? Take all the uh, good stuff as um, signs of things to come and dis- dismiss all of the negative stuff as, um, you know, growing pains early in the season, right? So, no, no, thanks for going to that. Thanks for providing full coverage with some really cool player observations over on the wolfpacker.com as well. Um, go check that out. And um, tonight, I will be at the women's basketball exhibition game. Um, against Catawba, and um, that'll be a fun matchup. It'll be the first time to see a new-look Wolfpack. Um, Only five returning players on the team this year um, and six scholarship newcomers. It'll be be an interesting matchup. It'll be cool to just see um, see all the new players on the court together, see how the um, returning players like Isaiah James and Saniya Rivers have progressed. And um, so that tips off at seven. It's at Reynolds and it's free to go. So, um, you know, uh, I, I would never pass up an opportunity to go walk, go to a game at Reynolds for free. That arena is just so cool. So um, go check it out. Um, and if you're unable to go, I'll be there. Um, there's no radio or TV broadcast for this game. So that's another reason to subscribe to the Wolfpacker.com. I'll be posting live updates on our message board. And um, I'll have multiple stories after the game as well. So go check it out. And um, I also wanted to mention um, that the women's basketball team got a huge commitment last night. Um, Zamaria Jones, a five-star point guard, ESPN's number 17 recruit in the country, committed to the Wolfpack over schools like you know, Alabama and um, plenty, plenty of other like major Power 5 programs. She is an elite point guard. One, one of the best players in the country, and how um, NC State uh, holds commitments from three really, really good prospects. So with um, si- si- the opening, the early signing window opens uh, November 8th. So that class can become official very quickly. So that's exciting. All right, and that's our basketball segment for the day. And now we're going to dive all the way into football like we usually do on our Thursday shows. Um, Noah, Miami's in town. They're an interesting team. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, or he was for the first half of the season. Um, Right now, he ranks second in the ACC with um, 269 passing yards per game. That's really good. He missed the Clemson game with with an injury, but it returned against UVA. He is not at the top of all of the statistical categories for that, but all of his per game averages are very impressive. He has 16 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That eight interception number is definitely worth monitoring. Cause if you look at his past um, three games, 
all ACC games, matchups against Clemson, UNC, and um, UVA. He's thrown at least two picks. He is um, not really taking care of the ball that much. So that, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, he forces the ball downfield. And um, while he is one of the best deep passers in the country, um, he has a, a PFF grade above 90 when he's throwing the ball 20 yards or more downfield, which is an elite grade. Um, it is worth monitoring because he is um, not too accurate. And the just the rest of the team is very solid. You have <clears throat> a really, really solid backfield with them. Henry Parrish Jr. and Donald T- Cheney Jr., they have 454 yards and 375 yards, respectively. And then they have a really, really talented defense, one of the best pass rushing teams in the conference. Noah, before we dive more into the detailed numbers, um, just what are your overall thoughts on Miami from what you've seen, from what you see watching them earlier this season, scouting them, just your overall opinions on the Hurricanes? They're a good team, quality players. You know, Mario Cristobal is, you know, one of the best recruiters in the country. You know, with a team like that's that's coached by him, you know they're going to have really good players on the team. Um, just the only problem they've had is closing games. I think they struggle with that, you know. We saw what they did against Georgia Tech. We we were watching at the same time, you know, that was early in the year, texting back and forth like, oh, there's no way they can blow it, and they fumble it. You, we know what happens in that game. And then, you know, against Virginia last week, they, Virginia took them to overtime. And I think that, you know, is showing of, you know, this team isn't an unbeatable team. They've got two losses. They took the overtime with the Cavaliers, a team that has two wins this year. So I think that's the biggest takeaway of they struggle closing out games. So if NC State can – can be there with them either in the lead or within a score in the fourth quarter. I think there's a really, really good chance that the Hurricanes will will gift the Wolfpack something, whether it's a turnover or just, you know, an easy drive downfield, something. It, it, it seems like Miami finds a way to make things interesting at the end of the game. So if, if State is either ahead or within a score, I think they've got a really, really good chance of, of pulling it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. an interesting point too because if you look at it, so far this season, um, NC State is three and one, three and one in one score games this season. They've been pretty good in, in clutch scenarios so far this year. So that is worth monitoring. I agree. That is something to watch for sure. Um, let's dive in kind of to the each side of the ball. We, we touched on the offense. Um, mentioned Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, you know, I mentioned the he forces throws down the field with those eight interceptions. But, man, I have to reemphasize that he absolutely can cause a lot of problems for NC State this year. Um, right now, on it, I mentioned his deep passing. He has completed 15 of 29 throws, um, 20 yards or more downfield for seven touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, that's an impressive number. That's really impressive. Um, his offensive line is really good, like really, really, really good. If you look at it, um, he has, they have only allowed pressure on 19.6% of his dropbacks this season. That's ridiculous. That, that is a, v- a very impressive number. And for that reason, he's really good against the Blitz because teams will send pressure, but the offensive line picks it up no problem. And because of that, Van Dyke identifies the one-on-one matchups and completes 71.4% of his passes for eight touchdowns and two interceptions when teams send those extra defenders in pass rushing scenarios. So worth watching him. And a lot of those throws are going to go to Xavier Restrepo. 
who is like far and away um, Tyler Van Dyke's number one target. Is 75 targets this year. Um, Jacoby George is the next closest Miami receiver. He has 52. So he got just seven passes a game, ranks number eight nationally. And, um, you know, he, he – he has he leads team in yards after the catch, um, but he th- they'll target him in short passes and let him you know do stuff after he catches the ball. But he's also a deep threat as well. You know I don't know if they'll put um, Aiden White or Shaheen Battle on him, but that is going to be a fascinating matchup to watch on um, on Saturday night. So no, is is there anything else you've noticed from Miami's offense? Just um, looking around at that team. It's a high-powered offense. They're third in the ACC with 35.4 points a game. Put up points, put up a lot of points. But if you also look at this team, if I can pull it up, you talk about their offensive line being good. They've given up eight sacks in eight games. That's second in the ACC behind Georgia Tech, who's given up seven in eight games. So Miami not only scores points, they, as you said, their offensive line is really good. They keep Tyler Van Dyke up. And he's good at, you know, getting away from, from pressure, too. So I think that, you know, it's going to be a battle of, of strength on strength on the offensive side of the ball for Miami. You know, NC State knows how to bring pressure, can get into the backfield. Miami doesn't really let it. So we'll see which one gives. But I think that's kind of a really big number to watch um, when you look at this Miami offense. They're, they're really good, but they're good because they keep him on his feet, Tyler Van Dyke. We'll see if my if NC State's able to break that trend or if or if Miami continues because I think that's going to be one of the bigger points if you want to keep Miami off the scoreboard is getting pressure on Van Dyke, not only getting pressure but hitting him, taking him to the ground. Mario Cristobal kind of talked about it in his press conference this week where they said NC State will let the quarterback know they're coming, and so I think he kind of is alluding to maybe he thinks there's some late hits or things like that. Something to watch. Maybe he'll be on the referees about if he's already mentioning it on his Monday press conference. It's going to be on his mind. But I think that that's something good about this NC State D-line. When they get to the quarterback, they're going to let him know that they got there and they're going to, they're going to keep hitting him until, until they can finally get a sack. So we'll see what happens. But rattling Tyler Van Dyke is going to be something that's hard to do. I think the NC State D-line is able to do it. And he's also a little banged up. He missed the game a couple weeks ago with an injury, came back. Um, so we'll see if, you know, maybe – I don't, I don't want to say you ever want to hurt a player, but a couple hits, maybe he, he gets a little more banged up and you see what happens there. Whoa. All right. <laughs> I'm not saying to hurt him. I'm just saying, like, if he's playing banged up, he gets hit a few times. It's, it's going to have an effect on his play. Absolutely. And, I mean, th- we've seen NC State rattle opposing quarterbacks multiple times this year, right? I mean, um, you, you saw them do that against uh, Louisville big time. Uh, kind of a similar matchup. Right, Jack Plummer is one of the best deep passers in the country too. Not the most mobile guy, kind of just like Van Dyke. And but um, NC State did a great job, kind of putting pressure on him, not giving him time to throw, and uh, you know forcing him into some mistakes. So they kind of I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar game plan against um against Miami that we saw against Louisville. <laughs> I mean, shoot, we saw how successful that was against um against the Cardinals. So we'll see how that goes for them and. Uh, because it's such a talented offensive line, it's not exactly a unit where I think you can just show, like, all right, we're coming, we're blitzing. Um, luckily, that's not Tony Gibson's thing. He, he's going to sh- throw a ton of different looks at you. He's going to have, like, eight guys at the line and then have half of them drop back. He's going to be having no one up at the line and then blitz everybody. 
he's he's going to keep things interesting that way. He's going to throw a lot of different looks. That's why this NC State team has been such a good pass rushing team this year. So that'll be worth watching. It'll be fun to monitor as well. Um, all right, turning it to the other side of the ball, Miami's defense. It starts with one guy, in my opinion, and that is arguably, I'd say, the second best true freshman in the ACC behind NC State's own Kevin Concepcion. Um, Ruben Bain Jr., just an elite edge rusher, just really, really good for a true freshman. Um, he has six and a half sacks this year. He had two against um, against UVA. And, um, you know, he, he had his PFF pass rushing grade is 90.4. Again, that's like it, it's it's hard to get higher than that on PFF, especially at this point in the season through eight games. So he's someone in-state's going to need to know where he's at at all times. Um, you know, he, he comes off the edge pretty much exclusively. So, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for the tackles. Uh, I'll be interested to see maybe do they – put him on the left side of the defense and try to see if um, Jacarius Peak can um, protect against him or do they, you know, match him up with Anthony Belton or maybe a little bit of both. It's going to be a challenge for whoever he has, whoever has to block him. And that's going to be um, interesting to see. Uh, The main guy though on their defense that um, I think everybody knows at this point is Cameron Kitchens. He is arguably the best safety in college football right now. Um, he was a first-team All-American last year. Um, he's played six of the eight games this year, but is still second on the team with 41 total tackles. He's just a very, very talented player. He had a um, pick six against UVA last week, and um, he has three interceptions so far this year. Just an all-around great safety. Um, another guy where MJ's just going to have to know where he is on the field at all times because he is not only a physical tackler, opportunistic playmaker but um you know he'll jump in a passing lane he'll create a turnover and um he'll make life very difficult for the opposition and um you know they've been really solid against the run too this is just a really really solid defense i mean they're only our they're lead the conference with 86.9 rushing yards allowed per game and um you know if you take out um casey's 50-yard rush, um, NC State averaged 0.5 yards per run against Clemson. Um, you're probably going to need more success than that against um, against the Hurricanes just to keep them balanced. But, um, Noah, um, did I miss anything? Is there anything on the um, Hurricanes defense that you've noticed that um, you think is worth keeping in mind going into this matchup? No, I don't, I don't think you really missed anything, you know, when you talk about their, their key players and things like that. But – we talk about how good their scoring offense is. Their scoring defense is fourth in the country. It's fourth in the ACC at 20 points a game. Um, and, you know, NC State's at 22. They're right, you know, right, right, right behind them at sixth. So that's something interesting to me. Two really good defenses, you know, as you've kind of touched on there. Um, but we talk about sacks and how good the sacks are, you know, their offensive line. They also can get to the quarterback. 27 sacks, second in the ACC. NC State's third, 24. So, um, these defenses are really similar in their ability to, to you know, keep teams low scoring and get, be able to get to the quarterback. So I think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how, how this happens. We saw this last week a little bit. Clemson has really good defense, and, and NC State was kind of able to take advantage um, and, and minimize their offense. So we'll see if that can happen again. You know, if NC State wants to, to have a successful Final Four games, we definitely know the defense is going to be the one to lead the way. 
I mean, this is going to be a pretty big opportunity at home. Night game. It's going to be fun. What color uniforms are they wearing? We'll find out soon. Maybe all black. Maybe red and white. Who knows? I know people have their opinions. I personally like the all black. Yeah, I mean, they have a little bit of a winning streak right now with the traditional uniform combo. I wonder if they'll just um, go with the superstition there and stick with that. They've won uh, 10 in a row in the, the white, red, white. So we'll see We'll see what they can do. And, um, you know, before we go to break real quick here, um, I think we need to recognize the third phase of the game. Um, special teams is going to be a huge factor. It always is, but especially in this game. I mean, if you look at um, Bashard Smith, Miami's kick return, he's the best in the ACC. Um, 32.9 yards per kick return this year. That's really impressive. Colin Smith needs to get that ball out of the end zone. Just, um, you know, take it through. Do not give him a chance. UVA tried pooch kicks. Um, it didn't really work either. So, um, and I know H-State's tried um, pooch kicks against Marshall, and that didn't work. So my bet is they're just telling Colin Smith, hey, just kick that thing. Get it through the end zone, and um, let that be that. So, you know, you, you, you hope they can take Bouchard out of the game. And then – um. You know, you look at uh, their field goal kicking. They have the most accurate kicker in the um, in the ACC, uh, Andres Borregales. He has made 15 of 16 field goals this year. That's a 93.8% accuracy with a long of 50. He's really good. Um, <laughs> he is um, a really talented kicker. Um, it's not really – like against Clemson, you were pretty happy just bending and not breaking against them because their kicking situation is not that good and you could count on, like, a missed field goal like they did against um, the Wolfpack, yeah, um, Borregales isn't going to miss. So um, that, that's just something to keep in mind. He, he's a really talented kicker. All right. We'll be right back with some predictions. But first, I want to shout out our sponsor, GameTime. GameTime is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, whether you're looking for tickets to the Miami game on Saturday, whether you're look, looking for um, tickets to – you know, the men's or women's basketball season openers, a concert, a comedy show, pretty much anything you could want to look for, the Game Time app has it. You can find it on the App Store, any App Store, or you can also get it on your browser at gametime.co. That's not .com, that's .co, so just keep that in mind. Um, right now, um, I'm using the app. I use it all the time. The um, My favorite part of it by far is when you log on and you look at it, you can see exactly the view from where you'd be sitting in the venue. So right now, I have it pulled up for the UNC-NC State game in November. And you can see when you pull it up, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll hold it up to the screen. Um, you can see exactly where you would be watching from if you bought the ticket. Right now, the cheapest ticket for the UNC game is $73. Um, that's a pretty great deal considering where the seat is too. So go check that out. And um, if you do, use code WOLFPACK, that's all caps WOLFPACK, for $20 off your first purchase to steal. Um, you know, you're going to the UNC, NC State game for like just over $50. Like, shoot, that, that's great. So go check it out. It's uh, the GameTime app or GameTime.co on your web browser. And um, all right, let's get back into it, Noah. It's prediction time. Um, we're going to start with the spread like we do every week. Right now, Miami is favored by four and a half points. I believe that has moved 0.5 points since it opened. Um, 
No, I just how are you feeling about um, you know, NC State being a a home underdog for the second week in a row? They are a home underdog. This time the spread's a little bit more in their favor. You know, mm-hmm. Clemson opened as a ten point favorite, closed around nine or nine and a half. Um, but yeah, I, Miami's a four and a half point favorite. They are the six and two team coming into the game. NC State five and three, respectable record, but Miami does you know have have the win. Um, have a couple wins under their belt. So we'll see what happens. But I think the Wolfpack cover yet again. They didn't start off as too well of a, of a, a guess the spread team, but I think uh, down the stretch they're gonna they're gonna play well and, and cover this four and a half point spread. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised after you saw Miami go to overtime against um UVA and then NC State win like they did against Clemson. I was kind of surprised they opened as a uh I, I thought it was going to be like Miami by like point, point and a half, or maybe even a toss up. Like I, I, I think I think it's too high. I, I, I'd take NC State to cover. I, I, I think pretty comfortably. Um, so going off of that, the over under it's forty five and a half right now. Um, that's like fairly high considering where we've seen a few of um the totals for NC State this season. But um, no, if you were a betting man, what what, what would you um go with over or under forty five and a half? Well, if you think about it, NC State has put up 24 points almost every game, it feels like. So that would, that would get you halfway there. So now if you think, well, does NC State's defense hold Miami to 13? Does it hold it to 21? <clears throat> That's where you're going to be uh, interesting. But I say it's the under. The under will hit. Don't take my advice. It's not betting advice, but I think it's I think the under. Absolutely. I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be a deceptively high-scoring game. I think um, I could see a lot of forced turnovers leading to a lot of short fields for both te- for both offenses, and that leads to a lot of points. Um, so I'm t- picking the over here. Um, again, that's not betting advice. Don't don't listen to us and go, if you're in a betting legal state, go place a bet on whatever app you choose. Um, um, follow your own heart. But um, that's, where, that's where we lie on it. Um, over 44, or over 45 and a half for me, under for Noah. And now let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get to it. I think NC State's going to win. I think they are going to win this game 27 24. I think it's going to come down to uh, last minute field goals. I think the defenses will kind of ratchet down in the second half. Offenses will settle into the game. It's going to become a field goal battle. And I think Braden Narvison hits one in the final minutes that gives NC State a win here. And then for what feels like, you know, what actually, you know, it is the third straight home game in a row. I think the um, defense will pull off a, um, a last minute stop and um, help NC State leave with a win here. Um, I, I think, you know, Tyler Van Dyke's turning the ball over and NC State takes advantage of that. They have all year. Um, I think it's going to be tough to reliably move the ball on Miami's defense. I think it's a really, really good unit. But I think if they get some short fields, um, you know, Robert and I dies, dials up some shot plays like he's been doing the past couple of weeks pretty pretty well. Um, I think NC State will, um, you know, continue to carry on the momentum he's got going right now and come out with a win in Carter Finley Stadium in prime time with um with some big names in attendance recruiting as well. Um, you can check that on the Wolfpacker.com. But it's it's, it's a big weekend all around for NC State. So Noah, let's hear it. What is your prediction for the game? 
I think it is a close game, low scoring game. It's like one of those games where you look at NC State's schedule, four games to play, all winnable games. We're talking about Miami, though. I think it's like 17 14. But I do think the pack wins. I do think the pack wins 17 14. Low scoring game, two elite defenses in the ACC going up against each other. Miami hasn't seen the 3 3 5 all year. It's the first game they're going to play against it. I think that plays in NC State's favor. Tyler Van Dyke hasn't, he's seen it on film. He's probably seen it in his life playing, college, playing football and playing college football. But it's different, right? When you play it for the first time of the year. So I think that gives the edge to NC State. I do think we're going to make some bold predictions in a second, but. I'll make one now. I do think State records multiple turnovers. I think I think they do it. I think their defense is able able to get it done. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We can go right into the bull predictions too. I mean, I, I think that's a good pick. I, I think they're going to um, force multiple interceptions. I think they're going to keep that streak going against Van Dyke. And um, more specifically, I think Bishop Fitzgerald is going to get one. I think he is due. I mean, if if you go back and you look at his JUCO highlights, like that man is a ball hawk. And um, he hasn't necessarily come up with the turnovers yet, but it's coming. And trust me, when he gets the ball in his hands, he is an underratedly fast guy on this team. And, and you'll see that. If, if, if he um, catches an interception, you'll see him turn on the Jets and um, see him make something happen there. But, um, shoot, I mean, the secondary, it's just it really stepped up against Clemson. I think – I think it's quickly developing into a really, really good unit. Uh, in fact, maybe even like the strength of, of the defense by the end of the year. Uh, I, I think it's get, it's deep at this point. I mean, you have three safeties who I think you'd be very comfortable with starting, right? And 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 that's despite um, losing two two members of your safety rotation this year. So um, and then of course you have um, Shaheen Battle and Aiden White, you know, reliable corners on the outside. Robert Kennedy has just been awesome at nickel this season. And then when you roll out the dime package, true freshman Brandon Cisse, if you go and watch the Clemson game, he's he's progressing really fast. There's a reason there was a lot of excitement around him going into this season, and he's he's already taken some steps forward that should give um, State fans some reason to be excited. But um, So, yeah, I, I'm going multiple interceptions. I think State will be able to cover Miami. And um, Van Dyke will force a couple throws, but turn in interceptions, and it'll be um, it'll be an exciting one. Um, all right, let's dive into the rest of our predictions. Um, rushing. This might be a tough one today because it is going to be tough to get rushing yards. Neither of us um, thought Casey would be um, you know pacing the pack um, against uh, Clemson, but um, that's what he did with his fifty-yard rush, um, the longest of the pack season. Um, Noah, who is going to lead NC State in rushing? These are bold predictions, right? We're going bold yep. here? Absolutely. Let's get really bold. Give me Brennan Armstrong to lead the wow. team in rushing against Miami. He's played against them before, obviously. He's been in the ACC for about 100 years. But they used him as a runner recently. I think he is due to break off a big run. He's playing, what, four to six snaps when he comes in the game? But if they use him right, which I think they've kind of tried everything right now. They're trying to throw the ball with him. Trying to, if, if they run the ball with him, um, I think there's a chance he breaks off a big run. He's a hard-nosed runner. He can get down and basically turn to a big-body running back when, he, when he's running the ball. So I don't know if they use him as a running back. They have tried that, though. 
I think it more of be a quarterback draw type thing or maybe a little trick play. I mean, you could line him up at receiver, bring him on the end around like KC and try it that way too. I mean, I, I you know, Robert and I has a lot of a lot of things up his sleeve, but I'll take Brennan Armstrong lead team rushing. Man, that is a bold prediction, Noah. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with Delbert Mims because um, if you go and watch the UVA Miami game, UVA actually had some success running up the middle. Um, you know, Miami's you know too fast, you know, too disciplined to allow much stuff on the outside. But um, up in the middle, they had like a surprising amount of success. UVA did so, and Delbert Mims is your best chance running between the tackles. So I'm gonna go with Delbert Mims here. I was so tempted to pick Jordan Poole, um, but I'm not going to. I don't think he'll get the volume necessary. But um, I love him getting moved to running back. I think he could absolutely play a role down the stretch here this season. It seems like it sounds like he's running the ball and catching the ball well out of the backfield in practice. So um, that, that's something interesting to monitor. But um, I think he could be a playmaker down the road. If nothing else, just another short yardage back. He's a physical blocker. And um, you basically add like an old school fullback to the rotation with Poole in the lineup, which is cool. And um, all right, so those are our picks: um, Brandon Armstrong and Del- Delbert Mims. Uh, that I-, I hope that's bold enough for y'all. After um, I feel like we've been a little bit vanilla in our projections so far this year. But um, all right, receiving. Um, this is a you know one of those where it can be a safe bet. I mean, Casey has been the best freshman wide receiver in the country, potentially, certainly in the ACC. Um, Noah, who's going to lead um, NC State in receiving against the Hurricanes? I'm going to keep going bold. You know what? We, we go to, you know, easy. Of, oh, we're going to take the guy who's statistically most likely to do it. No. When these are bold predictions, we're getting bold today. So give me key on the scene. Two like big catches. Thing. Against Clemson, I think he's, you know, gaining confidence again. They target him like he's the number two receiver. He hasn't put the production of a number two receiver up yet. I think that happens this weekend. Miami's going to key on a number 10. Somebody needs to step up. And I think it's going to be key on the same stepping up and making his impact felt against the Hurricanes. You, you know, MJ Morse had said something interesting in his press conference this week where he was talking about – um those the big third down throw he had to Keon against Clemson. And he's like, like I don't really need to see Keon. I just know he's going to be where he needs to be. He's a senior. He's a captain. He's a reliable player for the pack. And MJ Morse knows even when the pocket's collapsing around him, even when there's defenders right in his face, he knows the second he can peer around that Keon's going to be exactly where he needs to be. And in a game where he's going to be facing a lot of pressure, a lot of blitzing, which has really just been the blueprint for defenses against NC State this season, um, that's going to be important. Having a safety net, as, as a safe, reliable receiver. Um, and shoot, you can pick um, KC or Keon for that. But um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with KC here. But I think Keon is a great pick, and I could absolutely see him um, leading the team in receiving. But I'll go with KC. You know. What's new? He's um, yeah, one of the best freshmen in the country. He's going to be a freshman All-American and um, a very good player at NC State for a long time. All right. Tackling. Last week was the first week that Peyton Wilson did not lead NC State in tackling. Of course, he took a minor injury where he left um, early in the game or late in the game, I should say, um, to prevent him from leading the team in tackling. But um, Sean Brown did. Um, I forget, did, did either of us pick 
did either of us pick Sean Brown last week? I, I can't even remember. But um, no, I think we I think we picked Peyton Wilson last week. Yeah, you know it's the logical pick. So um, Noah, who do you have um, pacing the team of tackles this week? Going to take Sean Brown. I think he is playing that next level defender. You know that he he is you know capable of doing. Peyton Wilson, yes, he's going to get tackles. He's going to play on Saturday. He's going to play well. But Sean Brown's been playing out of his mind recently. He he can play all over the defense. He can play basically all three positions at safety and linebacker. And I talked to him yesterday. I have a story out soon. He jokingly wants to play on the defensive line. I think he could play everywhere on this defense. I think yeah. that is true. And you know, he he's just got a knack for getting his getting himself to the ball and making a tackle. Give me uh, Sean Brown with another another big day, another double digit tackle day coming. For Sean Brown. He, he's someone you could – I mean, he played outside linebacker on that final drive against Clemson. I think, like, if he was just playing that permanently, I think they would feel pretty good. I mean, he's just such a sound tackler, um, fast, makes plays, and um, he's playing faster, right? I, I, I think as he was learning, you know, uh, getting his, like, first major game reps this season, it started out a little slow for him. But, I mean, he's progressed um, faster than – maybe anyone on the team. He, he's played a really, really, really good football over the past month. So great pick. I'm going to go with Peyton Wilson. I'll take the easy picks this week. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a big game for him. I'm excited to see what we see out of Peyton Wilson, where it's going to have to be a disciplined defensive performance. Um, and, you know, I think he'll be flying around, making a bunch of plays. And, um, you know, continue to announce his uh, candidacy for the Buckkiss Award in primetime Saturday night. All right. I believe that's the show, folks. Um, thank you so much for listening or watching, however you're consuming this podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, the momentum is turning in a positive direction. It's, it, it's, it's exciting. This is a big game for NC State. And if they win it, then um, shoot, um, the ball's really rolling for the pack. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of – pre-game, post-game, during-game content up on thewolfpacker.com. So go check it out. Um, only $1 to subscribe to the premium stuff. Um, you know, yeah, Noah and I work really hard to get a lot of content up there. So um, it, mean, it would mean a lot if you guys go and um, give it a read. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks to our sponsor, Game Time. And we will talk to you Sunday morning after the Wolfpack play Miami. Thanks so much and have a good Thursday. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.